You are listening to The Riding, NFL DFS podcast with Pat James. What's up, everybody? It is the week 16 review edition of The Ride in NFL DFS podcast. Uh, you know, a middle of the pack week for me in week 16, one forty-five. 0.7% of head-to-heads. Um, probably played the, you know, like just these last few weeks, the the optimal lineup was just extremely obvious, I think. And it got there a few times, you know, like last week hit 82% of head-to-heads, I think. This week it didn't get there. But when you're making the lineup, it just, you know, it just kind of flows. You, the the values there the studs are there, the salary works. Um, I was between two though. I thought there was like probably like three cash lineups, three or four cash lineups that were that made a lot of sense this week. Mayan was, and I think it was the most duped. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, Mayan was Matt Stafford at quarterback, James Robinson, Alexander Madison, and Justin Jackson at running back, Cooper Cup. Antonio Brown, Josh Palmer at wide receiver, Gronk at tight end, and the Bengals defense. Now, the other way you could have spun it was to not play Alexander Madison, I think, and played Ronald Jones, which they were pretty even in terms of DK points. They both hit like around 16 or 17. But to be completely honest, you know, the other cash lineup I was considering had Tyree Kill in it, and... You know, that one would not have bode well either. So uh, a few things, uh, a few lessons learned this week. You know, I always say it. Don't use all of your salary just for the sake of using all your salary. I liked Jalen Hurts better than Matt Stafford this week in a lineup that already had Cooper Cup. Especially in double ups, you know, that's, I always say, like, it's tough to pair up a quarterback and its wide receiver because, you know, you're putting 16, 17K on the table in a correlated play if they don't hit, like this one didn't, right? Stafford throws three picks, only has like eight DK points. You know, you're, you're out of luck. I mean, thankfully, Cooper Cup got there on volume, on sheer volume alone, but, you know, if, could go one of two ways, right? Matthew Stafford has a pretty good day, goes for 20, 25 DK points. Cooper Cup probably has like 35, if that's the case, because he probably catches another pass or two and probably a touchdown. The issue is when something like this happens, you know, you have a third of your salary invested in two players and it just doesn't work out. So what happened was when I was making the lineup, I initially had Hertz, but I had the 3K left over and I just bumped it up to Stafford. You know, I told myself that maybe this week I would just shoot for the moon, try to go for like a 95th percentile lineup, win every head to head. That obviously did not work. Um... I finished with 131 raw points on DK, and the cash line was like anywhere from like 134 to 137. So I was like three, four, five, six, seven points outside the cash line. And that's exactly how much better Jalen Hurts did than Matthew Stafford. So, you know, if I just left it at Hurts, probably would have swept double ups and probably been like in like the 56, 57% range. But 
those are the mistakes that you make sometimes. You live and you learn. Um, after a torrid start to the season through like 11 weeks, last five weeks have been, you know, hit and miss. I'm just ready for the season <laughs> to end and get out of here with, uh, with an overall W. It's like, you know, there's three minutes left in the game and I'm basically just running dives up the middle, hoping to get out of there with the W. Um, but yeah, two weeks left. Maybe we'll, we'll have a couple of smash weeks and really put a stamp on the end of the year. Uh, so I actually ended up profiting despite only winning 45% of head to heads this week, because if you ran on four for four, my top stack, which I used in almost all of my uh, tournament teams. I think I made four tournament teams. I used it in three of them was a Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow double with T Higgins, Jamar Chase, and a Mark Andrews bring back. It was pretty much the nut stack. Um, so I had three GPP teams placed fairly high. Uh, I didn't hit the nuts anywhere because I didn't have, uh, the right defense in most places. Um, but you know, three pretty high finishes, ended up profiting for the week, so I'll take it. As for the rest of the lineup, my thought process, I mean, listen, I could sit here and say, you know, if James Robinson, who was owned at like 65%, 75% between like, between those two numbers in most double ups, you know, he gets hurt on the second drive. I mean, he has one, he has one DK point. He finishes that game, doesn't get hurt. You could probably tack between 15 to 20 DK points onto my and everybody else's bottom line probably puts me in the cash line as well. So I, I wouldn't change anything that I did to that lineup. I do think it was the optimal, some run bad. Um, and like, what's with Gronk? You know, I don't normally pay up at tight end. Um, the other option was like paying down to Cole Komet and using that 3K elsewhere, but I just felt like that lineup was safer, right? Like Madison, the 3v3 I basically had was Madison, Gronk, and Palmer versus Tyreek, Komet, and Ronald Jones. And I went with Madison, Gronk, and Palmer because, I mean, the floor there just seems so much safer, right? Gronk's probably going to get 5 for 50 at least with all the injuries they have at wide receiver, uh, Palmer's slots into the number two, does well, and Madison's going to be in every down back where who knows what's going to happen with Rojo. But, and then on the other side, you know, Tyreek's hit, hit or miss. Uh, Komet could easily put up a bagel. And then Ronald Jones, I mean, one fumble and he could have been, they could have sent him to the moon. So I just thought that Madison, Gronk, Palmer was much safer. Ended up, that 3v3 may have ended up being a bit better, to be honest. Um, but the fact that I that I went up to Stafford, not great. Uh, but overall, like I said, I think that was the, the clear optimal. Uh, I know a lot of sharp people played that exact same lineup. Despite the fact that I swapped off Hertz and it probably cost me my double ups, um, I'll live with it. I really don't think that there was a bad play in there. Like some weeks I come on here and say, like, how in God's name did I click this button? What was I thinking? I didn't really think that this week. I thought that was the that was the right lineup. Um, just, you know, didn't go my way. Um, we're at 67% of head-to-heads 
on the year through 16 weeks. And that is, uh, someone someone DM me and asked me, like, is my head-to-head season cumulative percentage just an average of the all the weeks together? Or am I adding up all the individual head-to-heads from every week? And it's the latter, right? Like, so some weeks I might play a few more head-to-heads than other weeks. You know, some weeks mine might not all fill. I'll cancel them. I don't want to get auto-matched with sharks, things like that. So it's not just me taking like the 16 weeks winning percentage and averaging them. I'm adding up all the head-to-heads I've played in 16 weeks and getting a percentage of all of them that I've won. So, you know, some weeks if I hit 90%, but I play less, it won't improve my percentage as much. Whereas maybe if I have a big week, I'm playing 20 more head-to-heads than usual and I have a bad week, then it knocks my percentage down a little bit more. It's more of a, uh, since I'm not playing the exact amount of head-to-heads every week, it's more of a true percentage one on the year sitting in that high 60 range. Okay, Monday Night Showdown. I like this one. And the last time I said I like this one, I shipped it. So hopefully there is a trend to when I like the slate and to when I ship the slate. Because I like this one. I don't think there's a ton of captains that we can really roster here, um, to be honest. So I think, obviously, Waddle and Kamara are the two best offensive players. They probably should see a good amount of touches in this game. I like both of them as captains. I think Ian Book is an okay captain. You guys know that I'm a big Notre Dame fan, for better or for worse. You know, whether you hate Notre Dame or like Notre Dame, the fact of the matter is I've seen every snap that Ian Book has played. He's mobile, number one. Not mobile in the sense that he's Lamar Jackson, obviously. Not even mobile in the sense that he's Josh Allen. But he's not going to be Ben Roethlisberger, cement feet, statue in the pocket, right? He can get out. He can get out. He can move a little bit. Um, So when the play breaks down, it's not going to be a sack fumble. Hopefully it's going to be, you know, he gets around the edge for five. And I'm not saying that he's going to be useful in terms of, you know, 40 or 50 yards on the ground, not saying that at all, but he does have the ability to scramble for a touchdown near the goal line. They may even have him pull the ball a little bit. It's not going to be Taysom Hill power runs right up the gut with their with their quarterback, but I do like, and especially since he's only the minimum price for a quarterback, he's going to cost you 9k as your captain. I could see him running for a touchdown, throwing for a touchdown. And if this game isn't uh, a huge shootout or anything like that, which it doesn't project to be, I think he could... There's a slim chance he could end up as the captain. I like him as like a contrarian captain. I just mentioned that I don't think it's going to be much of a shootout. And because of that, I think the defenses are in play a little bit more. I think the kickers are in play a little bit more than usual. You can get maybe one or two of those in your lineups on this slate. I mean, last night we saw the Cowboys. The the defense was the optimal captain. I don't know if that's going to be the case. But I think that you can, you know, if you normally limit it to one kicker or defense, which I normally do, you could bump that up to maybe two. Uh, So there's a bunch of dart throws at the bottom of this player pool. Like sometimes you can't find anybody below 2k below 3k right there's a ton of guys this week in the DraftKings player pool that I personally think 
are mispriced. And I think it will lead to, or it can lead to us having some stud and dud type lineups. Let me just pull up my notes here. And okay, so at the very bottom, like there's a bunch of COVID issues on the Saints. Nick Vanette is pretty much the only healthy tight end that would go, probably probably will go, um, not unnoticed, but you know, like the only tight end he should probably be rostered a bunch. Like he, you should ratchet up his ownership. Ian Book loved throwing to the tight ends. I don't know if that was a product of Notre Dame just always having really good tight ends, always having multiple good tight ends, but Ian Book targeted his tight ends a lot in college. You know, first start, short routes, you could see Nick Vanette definitely outpacing his salary here. On the Dolphins side, Mac Hollins and Isaiah Ford are very cheap. Albert Wilson is on the COVID list, probably not going to play. Mac Hollins is is like under $1,000, and he is a, a touchdown scorer, right? He can, in fact, it wasn't Mac Hollins, but it was, who was it? Oh, the Alan Hearns, that's who it was. A couple years ago when I shipped the King of the Beach, Alan Hearns was in the optimal lineup that I won with. He caught one pass for one touchdown, but he was so cheap and all the other players in the lineup were studs that needed to be in the lineup that he made the optimal lineup by scoring like eight DraftKings points. It's all he needed. It's all he needed to ship it because it just made the rest of the lineup cut fall into place. So definitely get Mac Hollins and a little bit of Isaiah Forward into your lineup, and then the Dolphins tight ends, right? Like Gasicki's probably going to be popular, but Durham Smythe and Adam Shaheen, I think we could see a good bit of them. So Smythe played 91% of snaps last week. We'll probably see that fall off a tab because Adam Shaheen is back, but like those three guys, right? Like Hollins, Smythe, and Shaheen can be rotated through your lineups with a pretty good amount of confidence, I think, right? I think one of them has a really good chance to find the end zone or at least go like three for 30. And if it's a stud heavy lineup, those are the guys that will definitely come into play. Um, I also on the Saints side really like Lil Jordan, LJ Humphrey, uh, out of Texas, big bodied guy. He's basically like Marquez Calloway. Um, he's pr- pretty much the same player, big body. They throw the ball up to him. Listen, Traquan Smith, I like him a lot. I would. He's going to be my player pool, but he's banged up. Marcus Callaway like him a lot, but he showed out in their last game. I think he could see some attention. So if you're looking for someone, and like you really can't even compare like little Jordan Humphrey to someone like Marcus Callaway, right? Straight up, sure, I'll take Marcus Callaway. He's probably going to have a higher target share, probably going to even score more fantasy points tonight than little Jordan Humphrey. But when you're creating lineups and little Jordan is 1,800, I think he is underpriced and will go under-rostered. That's just all I'm saying there. So the construction that I think makes a ton of sense today is one of those studs at captain, you know, a higher priced stud at captain with one of these under 2K, you know, close your eyes and pray, but they're going to be on the field. So they should get a good amount of work. And then the other four slots, some combination of, you know, the other offensive players that correlate with the captain and then maybe a kicker or a defense if you're projecting a slugfest maybe another offensive player if you think 
there might be points in this game. I think the construction is pretty clear in this one. Um, like I said, last time I said those words, we shipped the whole thing. So, you know, Godspeed to everybody tonight. Good luck in all of your lineups.